You are listening to the Flourish with Purpose podcast, a place where we talk about how you can fully flourish in your purpose. And as today is my birthday, it's February 12, 2024. I want to share with you some of my favorite lessons from my 28 years. And before we get into this conversation, I would love it if you hit subscribe or follow wherever you are listening. This is the best way for us to stay connected and for you to be updated on future episodes. It also helps more people flourish with purpose. So wherever you are, hit subscribe or follow and we'll keep on flourishing. Welcome back to this episode and I want to thank you here for being with me again for number nine. I can't believe how fast it's gone by. If you are new here, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that I made my way to you. I'm your host, Amanda Sevilla, and I love to talk about all things purpose, how it relates to your life and how you can live it out fully in body, mind, and soul. I started this podcast because I just wanted to have more conversations about it. I wanted to share my reflections on it. And as purpose is one of the big themes of my life, I thought it would be so appropriate to bring in some of the lessons that I have learned in my 28 years, or rather in my 28th year more intensely, so that you can learn a little bit more as well. And just as I talked about my vegan lifestyle and my nine-year journey in my previous episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do. I encourage you to listen to these lessons and find yourself in the story. Yes, there are things that I have learned and yes, there are things that I have experienced, but I know that these are going to resonate a lot with you, whether it's a lesson that you've learned recently or one that you are looking to learn as well. I'm so excited to share it with you. So I wanted to do a 28 lessons in 28 years type of episode, but I started writing a few things down and I realized that I don't think I could come up with 28 because I don't know if some of these lessons have been lessons from year 27, year 26, and they've just kind of spilled in. So I've just compiled a few of the biggest ones and there's still quite a few. So there's a lot to share that I have really learned and integrated and brought into my space here. So outside of the whole self-development part, the physical life that I had this last year, I expanded my business. It was a really big one for me. I took Flourish with Purpose and I ran with it and I created a group hybrid one-on-one coaching course program for people who wanted to really, really flourish in their purpose as well. And I wanted to be able to reach more people. And that's a big thing that I focused on this year, as well as really getting serious about how my own purpose is going to change and evolve in life and how I can best bring that to all of you. I attended a few weddings. I hosted my own retreat in Tulum. I launched my podcast. This one that you're listening to now, I launched it towards the end of my year. So I launched it at the beginning of 2024, but my birthday's in February. So my year. And this was also my first year of marriage too. My husband and I got married last January of 2023 and it went by so fast. I loved every bit of it, but also our relationships are a place where we learn the most about ourselves. And this was really, really a place for me to learn about my own wounds that have shown up. And I'm going to talk about that in a bit. This marriage, this year, and all the other things that have come with it has really created the next version of me where 
27-year-old me would definitely believe that I exist now, but I feel like I did her really well. I feel like I made her really, really proud. So I'm just going to get into each one. I wrote some notes here so I wouldn't forget which lesson I'm going to share. And the first one, just diving into it, is the prevalence of inner child wounds. You know, we hear about inner child wounds so much. We talk about it. It might be in your other podcasts that you listen to, some self-help books that you have read in the past as well. And it, it all makes sense in theory, but I feel as though 28 was the year for me to really allow that inner child to come through. This was the year that I was really primed and ready to be open to the lessons that I would learn by softening to this inner child. And what I mean by that is if I got annoyed by someone or something, or if I felt like I was in conflict with my husband, logically, the fears that I had and the things that I were bothered by were not necessarily things that the present version of me was being bothered by. And so I had to ask myself this question and it actually was inspired by um, a mindset coach that I was working with before. Shout out to Sid, but you know, he held me in a session. Um, it was through a Zoom group mindset coaching session. And I was just sharing what I was going through in terms of like my feelings of rejection and feelings like the business that I'm running isn't really working. And he just took a step back and he was like, Hey, where are you feeling this in your body? What child version of you feels this way? What does this remind you of? And that was a moment that clicked for me. And I realized a lot of the times when I'm feeling triggered or when I feel like I am misunderstood or if I'm being disregarded or any of the things that really send me down my downward spiral, I understand that this is the work of understanding my inner child and just sitting there with her and validating her and being there with her and letting her know that she is okay to express what she needs to express. And again, this concept seems so common. It seems like all of us should understand it and we should be doing it. But truly, this was the year that I was integrating it. This was the year that when I was talked over for, you know, just a very superficial reason, like somebody didn't hear me or whatever, like feel that rejection. I would go back to my journal the next day or maybe that evening and I would write it out and I would just cry. I would sob, I would bawl. And I realized that it isn't because I personally cared about being rejected. It was because this was triggering a past version of myself and I just needed to let her cry. When I was younger, I was not really allowed to cry. It was not a space where I felt safe to cry. And Whenever I did, I was yelled at or, you know, others were maybe uncomfortable. The people who were taking care of me just didn't want me to be crying or they sent me off into my corner or alone to cry. And I needed to, in these moments where I'm learning about my inner child, like I needed to be there with her. I needed to allow her to cry because she wasn't able to do that. And I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it right now because it has created so much freedom for me. It has allowed me to understand my stories and not put so much weight or guilt or shame into them where, oh, if I'm being triggered, it doesn't mean that I am a very emotionally fickle person. It just means that a memory is being brought up and I just need to honor the process of those emotions moving through me rather than letting those emotions and that reaction define who I am in this day. Because who I am in this day is a very confident person. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm here for. I'm very convicted in the impact that I want to make with the world. And that's another thing that I want to share too. But this inner child wound lesson for myself was huge. And I'm so excited to bring it into the next year because I know that there's so much healing involved as well. So that was just one of the lessons. <laughs> another thing that I had to learn quite quickly was time management as a business owner and entrepreneur is so important. 
really, I always thought that I was a very organized person. I, from the moment I had agendas in maybe fourth grade or fifth grade, I was keeping track of everything that I was doing and I was writing down my schedule. And I loved, I loved when teachers put schedules on the whiteboard in, in elementary school. That was my jam. I loved it. And now that I fully operate on my own, everything that I do is just scheduled by me. I learned very quickly that if I dilly-dally a lot, if I don't have my non-negotiables done, if I don't time block a lot of the things that I need to get done for my business or to help my clients out or to make my content isn't going to get done. So big thing that I learned is just taking initiative and taking charge. And if I wanted to be a leader of a successful business, I needed to act like a leader of a successful business and start, even though it doesn't look like, you know, at that point when I was starting it didn't look like there was a successful business. It didn't look like I was a really strong leader at any point, but I had to act in that way if I wanted it to progress in the direction that it is progressing right now. And that starts with time management, really prioritizing my needs, my wants, and kind of understanding that there are some things that I won't have time to do. And there are some people that I won't have time to see as much. And that has to be okay for now because I'm in this building stage of my life. And that brings me to my next little lesson is that the friendships that I have made as an adult, the friendships that are very near and dear to me and the friends that I have spent so much time with that I saw them every week or many times a week just to hang out and have fun. Um, I had to be okay with seeing them a little bit less because this is the time in my life I've noticed that I'm getting busier, my friends are getting busier, and voice notes are a thing. I've utilized voice notes so much in the past year, just catching up with friends and keeping up with their lives in a way that feels good for me and not draining. It is a hard reality, at least for me, somebody who loves spending time with friends, to know that I actually just don't have all the time in the world to do that right now because I am doing a lot of things. I'm working, I'm building. And this might be the case for a lot of you. In fact, this is the case for many of my clients within my coaching program, Flourish with Purpose, who are trying to create a life that is aligned with their purpose, but they know they need to be building their structure. They need to be building around it. And part of that is committing to your own personal development commitments. So for me, that was having my morning routine, being able to spend time with my dog, going on walks, going to the gym, taking care of my physical health, being near my family, being available for my husband, working, creating this coaching program, making my content, and also having some time for fun and recreation, and then friends. So a lesson that I learned is just being okay with not having it all because there will be very much more to come. And because of that, it has also taught me to be so much more present when I am speaking with my friends and when I am sitting with them. And it's a great practice to have when I am with my own clients and my own work. When you have less time to spend with the people that you love, you spend that time differently. You make it more meaningful. And what I've learned is just trusting a couple years down the line, we'll have it all smoothed out people won't be as busy and we can hang out more or we can talk more. And also it's okay. We don't need to talk every single day in order to be best friends. I have best friends that I haven't talked to. Well, I just FaceTimed her yesterday, so I guess that's different, but we can go weeks without talking to each other. I have a lot of low maintenance, long-term friendships, and I put a lot of trust into that because I know that what I'm doing with my life right now is going to benefit me and it's going to benefit my family and it will also benefit the community that I'm around. So being okay with that is a big thing that I've learned too. And just knowing that there will be time and there's going to be 
lots of time in the future and to take whatever time I have now with full presence and just be there with them. And speaking of friendships, once again, another lesson that I have learned is this is the time in my life where I'm starting to see the relationships I build now are relationships that I want to keep for as long as I can. Gone are the days when I meet a bunch of people and be friends with them. And if something that they do or says that offends me happens, I just like kick them out of my life. And there haven't been very many people in my life where that's happened. But what I'm trying to say is friends and siblings are different, although they're very similar, but they're very different because with friends, you cannot see them ever again. Like you can just cut it off and not see them again too. And you can do that with siblings as well. But with siblings, there's like a blood bond. There's a connection that you have that spans lifetimes. So if I fight with my sister, which I'm not fighting with my sister, I love my sisters. If I fight with her now, I know probably in a few years we can revisit that and maybe make amends. But that's not so common to do with friends. And this past year I have learned while it's not so common, it's so valuable. It's so valuable to mend relationships with friends. So valuable to have a heart to heart, you know, understand your differences and come together and say, hey, I really value our friendship. I want to make this work. I know that this was said. I know that that was said, you know, really, really just understanding each other and trying to find a middle ground because these are the friendships that I want to keep building for decades. These are the people that I really vibe with. And it's it's interesting because the more myself I can be, the more rich and nurturing and fulfilling my friendships are. And these are the ones that I want to keep. And so in this last year, I have seen a lot of my friends do just that, have moments and come back together and have moments and come back together and still have this commonality between us where we just want to continue on with our relationship. Even though there have been rough patches, it doesn't mean that it has to end the friendship forever. And so I really, really appreciated that lesson. And I loved seeing it exampled by a lot of my other friends too, because that is different. That is something that I didn't really learn what happened with friendships. And the last lesson that I have on friendships specifically that I learned in the past year is something that I mentioned a couple minutes ago, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. But it, that is the more that I am myself, the more that I am about what I'm about, the more that I love out loud and express what I love to express and talk about the things that excite me with confidence and with excitement, the more that I do that, the more soul aligned friends I can make. I thought I didn't want to make any more friends after 25. I was like, yep, I'm good. I have my like small circle of people and that's totally okay. And I don't need to make any more. The amount of new friends that are just so aligned with me, that are so incredible, that I feel so lucky to be connected with now that I have made in the past year blows my mind because I just didn't expect it. I fully expected to kind of be done with new friendships and to just keep nurturing the old, not old like bad, but like the ones that I had previously. But what happens when you are so yourself, it is magnetic. People just want to know you and people who receive your message and who understand this energy and who resonate with you. These people want to be near you. These people want to hang out with you and learn from you. And I feel the same way about people that I've met as well. And so what I want to say about this is building friendships does not have to stop and it will not for me. I've learned that now. <laughs> the next lesson that I would love to share is that my surroundings make a difference. So after my husband and I got married, we decided to make a financial move and move back in with my parents to um, save up some money 
And also what I have learned there, um, is that I wanted to actually spend more time with them as an adult. And I'm planning on making an, a whole episode on this because I just feel like I've learned so much from this experience. And I know that there are a lot of other people who are children of immigrants, or maybe you are trying to make peace with moving back in with your parents, or maybe you are living with your parents right now. I know that's a big topic and that's something that I would love to share as well. But at this point for this episode, I just want to talk about how I didn't want to admit that my surroundings made a difference with me building my business or me sharing what I wanted to share or with my success specifically, but they do. And while I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I had to spend time with my parents and for my husband to see me interact with my parents now and for my parents to spend time with my dog, like I had so much fun living with them and I do miss staying there. I understand that where you are makes a big difference in what you can do. Again, this is something that I learned from my own experience, but also something that I've coached my clients through as well, because not all of them are living in the most conducive environments for their business or their ideas to grow and manifest. So I had to create as much as I could with what I had, but at some point I had to not blame myself for not being able to get the things done that I wanted to, or not having the space and energy and attention to create the things that I had intended to because there are other energies, other people in the house, other sounds. As much as I had tried to deny that things could stop me that were outside of my control because I was very set on like, if I want to do it, I will do it and nothing will stop me and there will be no excuses. I was really set on that. But eventually I had to come to terms with the idea that, you know, you could put the perfect seed, the sprouted seed in soil and it'll grow, right? But if it's in bad soil, it won't grow. Or if it's in an environment where it can't expand, it may just grow one little flower and that's it. This lesson that I learned was more so just understanding my own limits and being okay with it and being okay with, okay, this is where we are. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can now, but for some things that I wanted to start, I needed to be a bit more patient until I got my own space or until I was in a space where I felt like it was very conducive for me to live and to work. And now where I work and the way that I work is I work all over the house. I'm recording this podcast episode right now in my bedroom. Sometimes it's in my office. It just really depends on where I want to be. And other times I'll be coaching downstairs on the couch or I'll be coaching in the kitchen or just wherever. And that's that's my flow. Everybody has their own different flow. But because this is my natural flow and this is what feels good to me, being in someone else's house where there are a lot of people coming in and out and I didn't have control over it because it wasn't my house, just wasn't the place for me to do all of this work. It is a very humbling lesson and experience to know that there are some things that are outside of my control. So what can I do for myself? Okay, I can't create what I wanted to create, but I can do my self-development here, or I could create a lot of plans now, or I can collaborate with my own coach, my own mentor to figure out maybe some blind spots that I'm not seeing where I could do a little bit more. And I find that that's the value of having someone else with you in your own journey. So if that is something that you feel you need at this time in your purpose journey, make sure you check out the coaching program in the description of this podcast, because I think that there's a lot of stuff there for you as well. But that is a big lesson that I learned and it was very humbling. And the next lesson in year 28 that I learned was accepting change and understanding that my expectations are the biggest root of my own frustration. I know I just shared this really crazy sentence, but I'm going to break it down for you. When I have gotten frustrated or upset in personal relations and in some situations with people, 
I gave myself the space to understand that my expectations of who they should be, my expectations of how they should react, the concept of the other person in my head, how they should be, like that was the thing that was upsetting me. It's like if I had a boyfriend and I expected my boyfriend to always bring me flowers and he didn't show up and bring me flowers every single time. Well, that expectation that I have, it would be the thing upsetting me. Although there are a lot of things that we can do here in this situation for you to get those flowers if that is your love language. There are other things too, like if you expect somebody to be available for you and they're not available for you because maybe they're a new mom or maybe they just started their doctorate degree, they're not always going to be there for you. But maybe it's the expectation that you have about how they should show up in your life that is causing you the frustration. I hope that I can get that message across because this one was huge for me to really understand part of the reason why I would be upset about certain events or upset about the way that people would react or upset about myself and the way that I reacted in situations is the expectation that I had for me or another person or an event to unfold in a specific way. But if I took away that expectation, if I just looked at a person for who they were and just let go of who I think they need to be or my own preconceived notion of who they should be in my life, according to me, I found so much more peace. I found so much more ease. I was really able to see people where they were and love them for where they are and just let them be who they want to be. And it also allowed me to know, okay, there are some relationships and there are some friendships where I value this kind of communication or this kind of representation or these kind of morals and values. And I will not be upset about anybody who doesn't fit that for me or anybody who doesn't exhibit that because maybe they are an incredible friend to me, but they just don't show up in that way. And who am I to judge them? Maybe they do love me unconditionally and wholeheartedly, but they just don't show it in the way that I am expecting to receive it. Who am I to say that they don't love me? And so learning that and really allowing that lesson to sink in, because it's something that I was experiencing a lot this year. I feel like at this point of the year, as I can talk about it, it's really just set in to my being and has allowed me to be so much more free-flowing and flexible and non-judgmental about people's journeys. As I talk about it now, it feels so much more grounded than when I understood the concept a long time ago. And so a lot of the things that I'm sharing with you in this episode, just like this last lesson of not letting my expectations define who people are or what experiences were like. All of these things I kind of knew, but it wasn't until this last year that they really sank in and I really felt like they could be embodied. So that was a big one. And that was one that I am so excited that I went through because I knew that it was going to be a key for my own freedom. It was going to be a key for me to meet my own peace. And the next lesson that I want to share with you that I learned, I can't believe that I've learned so many of these and I have so much to say about them, but that is that what I do in my work does not have to be separate from how I spend my free time. So as you know, I am a purpose and transformation coach and I help women gain clarity on their life's purpose. I help them build deep-rooted confidence. I help them create a life that's more fulfilling, even if they're still working their, their same day job. Um, I, I learned for myself in my journey this year, I work a lot. I quote unquote work a lot. I think about it all the time. I think about my business. I think about my purpose. I think about my podcast and my 
YouTube channel and just so many things. I'm always thinking about it. And speaking of expectations, I think we have this expectation that if you are living a fully balanced life, you will have a full life work balance and not have to think about work 24 seven. And I think that that's true for some people, but for my unique self, my purpose is happening all the time. I'm just doing it. And me going on social media is fun, but to me, it's even more fun when I can go on and connect with people about purpose. It's even more fun when I can go on social media and look at my explore page and see what kind of new inspiration I can get. What kind of things can I talk about? What kind of things can I learn so I can share more? And I think about these things all the time. I'll be going on walks and I come up with an idea and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to write it down. If I had the expectation that I'm not allowed to be thinking about work after 5 p.m., even though I have my own business, that would be really frustrating. And so I had to dig a little bit deep on that and think, okay, is this an unhealthy balance? (laughs) Am I thinking about my life and my business too much in a way where I'm not being present for other people? Is this taking away from my energy? Is this draining? And the truth is that none of this was taking away from anything and it's not draining. In fact, it was only ever energizing. And so the lesson here is that my life can be my message and my work can be my message. And it's okay for me to spend as much time as I want doing this, as long as it doesn't take away from the joy of other areas of my life. And when you yourself can find that balance, which is unique to you, because it might be 50-50 work life, it might be 80-20 work life, or it might be 100-100 work and life, because that's what it is for me. I just feel like intrinsically and naturally, what I am doing is always going to contribute to the work that I'm doing. And I don't think about my work as a job that I have to clock in and out of these days. I think about my work as my big mission, as my big purpose. And it feels so good to me to be able to create this freedom that I have made it my mission to share it with you. That's obviously what I'm sharing now. And so even though I've been a purpose and transformation coach for longer than this past year, I've started to understand for myself, I can make boundaries true. And I know that I shouldn't be on my phone looking at my DMs right when I wake up. I know these boundaries for myself, but I also know that there are no hard and fast rules because to me, it is a feeling. It's just tuning into my intuition you should do this. This is right. You shouldn't do this. You should take a break. You should hang out with your friends. I'm not an expert at this balance. I don't have it down 100%. But what I do know and what I have learned and what I do want to pass on to you is that you can create your life and your schedule and you can focus on the things that you want to any way that you want. Nobody can tell you what your flow or your split or your hours should be, especially when you are living in purpose. You might be a nurse as your day job and you are nurturing people left and right. And you think, okay, well, when I go home and I'm trying to build my side business or I'm trying to build my hustle or I'm trying to learn how to you know, live my purpose more with different modalities, I realize that I keep nurturing, like, is that okay? And that's totally okay. It's totally okay to do that as long as it doesn't feel like it's draining. Once it feels like it's draining, then there's time for reevaluation. But overall, just do you. You create your own balance. You create your own boundaries. You create your own system and guideline for what is good and what is bad and what you need to do and what you don't. So the last lesson that I want to share with you, and there's so, so, so many others that I can share. The last lesson that I want to share with you that I've learned in year 28, and it's funny that I've learned this in the past three months of year 28, is I cannot skimp on sleep anymore. I know that's probably not what you thought I was going to say because it's so like normal and everyday, but 
how, somebody tell me, how did I go from sleeping five to six hours a night, waking up, going to the gym, going to class for four to six hours a day, studying for another four to six hours a day, have a social life, have a YouTube channel, go to sleep at midnight, do the whole thing again. Like, how did I do that so consistently in my early 20s? I know the answer is that I had my early 20 energy and also, <laughs> also the anxiety of the fact that I went to a private university and tuition was so expensive and I just felt like I, I needed to do right by my parents. <laughs> who were supporting me and like where I was living. But another part is I just don't know how I did that because now I can't even imagine having less than seven to eight hours of sleep and being able to function properly. And when I do have less than that, I know that I'm not my best self. I know that I'm tired and grumpy. And when it comes to living your purpose, it's not only about understanding the spiritual concepts or, you know, that we're all connected or what you do is your purpose and how you share it is part of your purpose. A big part of that is taking care of your physical vessel. I have the nutrition part down. I have the movement part down. I have the stress management part down. But the thing that I didn't have down was sleep. And if you've been following me on Instagram at Amanda V. Sevilla, you might know that I talk about it a lot. It's one of the goals that I set for myself publicly because I want to keep myself accountable to this because I know that I'm operating my best when I get enough sleep. And so this year, Sleep has been a non-negotiable. If I don't finish something by a certain amount of time and it's time for me to start getting ready for bed, I have to prioritize and I have to be okay with rushing that project in the day, the next day, so that I can get enough hours of sleep. And so some of you might not be prioritizing your sleep and maybe it's just not the chapter in your life to do so. Maybe you can't do it. And so what I wanted to share with you about this whole lesson is it is so worth it. It's so worth it to begin adjusting your schedule to start having boundaries and tell people I have to do my nighttime routine. Like I, I can't hang out for that long. I get invitations to go out sometimes like at 9 PM and I'm like, honey, I'm, I'm getting ready for bed already. Or maybe I'm already in REM cycle one. You know what I mean? So that was an incredibly big and random lesson that I learned that I just wanted to share with you because sleep is life-changing and I'm, I'm 28. I should be able to, like, I should know this now. This is common information. But again, all of these lessons are things that I have known, but haven't really like felt and experienced and fully embodied until this year. And so these are just a few of the many, many lessons that I have amassed in the past year and the past 28 years. And a lot of these lessons are going to resurface again. I just wanted to share with you some of the biggest ones to inspire you, to maybe remind you of what's true and what's right and what's real. And to remind you that where you are right now in your journey, if you don't understand these lessons or if you don't feel like they're fully sinking in, just trust that they will and they will unfold as they need to. You are right where you need to be. You are learning the lessons that you absolutely need to learn right now. And I hope that just hearing about my own experience can help you soften to yours and to take what you can learn about yours with as much grace and as much wisdom and knowledge as you can so that you can continue flourishing with your purpose. So I hope you really love this episode. If you did, please give this podcast a five-star rating. And if you haven't followed or subscribed, please do. You can tag me on socials at Amanda V. Sevilla. If you did listen to this episode and you loved it, let me know what you think also on Instagram. Love chatting it up on the DMs. And make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. It's going to be an amazing one. I interviewed one of my closest friends and an amazing entrepreneur, influencer, Bianca Taylor. She's going to come onto the podcast and share a little bit more about her purpose. So I'm so excited and I will see you then. Mm -hmm.